Live from Sather Studios, Bedroom Studios, Bedroom Baptist, whatever you want to call it, it's Stay Busy with the guy, Armand Sadler. to another edition of Stay Busy with Armand Sadler, where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture. And when we are lucky and you're lucky, we bring in some cool people. This week, though, is just us again, because we got to finish this series for y'all. We, we had a fun series going so far, and um, yeah. I think I, I, I think we're about to finish off in a very um, special way. So we're going we gonna to get to that later. But I am Armand, uh, vegan chorizo poppy. Now, I do have to apologize to you guys. Um, I realized I haven't had vegan chorizo in a, a little while. So me calling myself that, <laughs> I felt like I was lying to y'all. But I reunited with my one true love, vegan chorizo, this week. And it tasted just as good as it did in 2020. We on this health journey still. Multiple miles Monday, Poppy. Uh, your favorite Uber driver. Um, tip me. Tip me, please. A lot of people have been giving more cash tips lately. I don't, I don't know if they're supposed to. I don't, oh, I don't really fine. know. But I'm going to say yeah, well, mm, but uh, <laughs> shout out to y'all. Hope you hope your hands are clean if you handed me a dollar bill. The dollar bills ain't that sanitary, anyways. But yeah, shout out to y'all for loving me and supporting me on my journey towards wealth. How you feeling, co-host? Man, I'm feeling great today, y'all. The sun is shining. It's glistening. Karen asked. He said, "You had a light on." I said, "No, it's just the light that Jesus made, you know, shining mm-hmm. down on me." So, uh, how's it going, everybody? Nick Early, executive producer and co-host of Stay Busy with Armand Sadler. Very happy here to be finishing out this series with y'all. This is this is gonna be a really fun one, uh, as we say all the time. But funny note about vegan chorizo. I still have never had vegan chorizo. I need to pull mm-hmm. up. Maybe make ah. Now you gotta make the the chilaquiles with the with the uh, vegan chorizo. That could work. Okay, cool. She's brought it up. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, got so it. We, we got definitely it, got, got you. you. We definitely got yeah, you. Yeah, we got shout out to this project. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, there we go. Well, shout out to baby. Shout out to everybody, listeners, uh, tapping back in for season two. Whether you like slides or slippers, pullover hoodies or zippers, backstroke or breaststroke. And this is a very New York niche reference, pepperoni or artichoke. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm referring to pizza there. <laughs> pizza, so yeah. uh, which, okay. what you got? So for me, it's definitely going to be uh, definitely slides. I mean, wait, slippers, you mean like 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 house slippers, like full shoes type joints? Like where you yeah, like because, you know, like, like some people wear slides around the house. Me, like uh, Maggie got me wearing more of the fuzzy, cozy slippers around the crib. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a, I've been wearing slides. I can't I can't show the brand because they might get mad. But I've been wearing these slides with the memory foam joint. Fire. Super fire. Okay. Uh, pullover. I think pullover because I'm wearing a pullover right now. Just pullover seems to be just more clean. It's just more seamless. Backstroke or breaststroke, this could be an innuendo. (laughs) 
but um uh i like to swim sometimes and i'll just say breaststroke and then uh pepperoni man classic classic now have you tried the artichoke pizza yeah it's 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 expensive it is (laughs) it's a five dollar slice it's a big slice though it's a monster slice yeah no but it is i will say it's worth it it's Mm -hmm. it has enough food for what you would think a five dollar slice should have like yeah. you only need one for sure. Uh, yeah, I was wild and I had two. I think, but oh, me too. Yeah, <laughs> back when I was back when I was pills, you know, I, I used to get two, oh. two slices <laughs> as a throwback. <laughs> the streets don't know about that <laughs> one. <laughs> that is, a, if you know, you know. Wow. <laughs> so there was a time where like Nick and I weren't as close as we are now, and like we used to have a little. Fr- uh, frenemy type relationship you started you know, it i did i did i did i did <laughs> i did i definitely did i definitely I, I take full credit for that but i know nick was gonna come with the chopper the way he did um and that's been my motivation <laughs> in staying fit ever since um that said <laughs> i love me some artichoke pizza um I, I need to go grab a slice soon actually it's been a little while but i, I don't know if i could do too just for, just for full transparency just for p- full transparency, I used to call him on the pills, nigga, doughboy. Just for he all did. <laughs> those he who did. don't know, he did, he did, because <laughs> he, you know, without where it was and what it was, he posted in a chat that I was not in a picture of me. <laughs> then I got into that chat, scrolled and saw the picture of me and saw the commentary. I said, "Oh, okay, <laughs> this is where we at. We talking about people we don't know in the uh. in the chat." Okay, copy, Ooh. and then proceeds to show him what this, what I do when I make this thing sing. Okay. And seven years later, we're the best of friends. So, you know, it it, it all works out in the end. <laughs> That's funny. That's a throwback. Uh, shout out to our guy, VP of everything, the man that you cannot see, but you feel, Pastor Kieran. Um, of course, we want to shout out Anchor- <laughs> yeah, Pastor Kieran this week. <laughs> man was dropping gems before we started recording. Oh, my God. Pastor Kieran. Uh of course, you want to shout out our distribution platform, Anchor. If you do not know, Anchor will distribute your podcast for free to all of the streaming platforms you would like to use and what you're going to get. Some sponsored ads, regardless of your listenership. Shout out to Zoom, allowing us, allowing you all to see our beautiful, well, we get to see each other too, but more, it's more important, y'all get to see our beautiful, melanated, hydrated, illuminated by Jesus faces. That said, we got a, ve- you see, you see it? That We got a very fun chat ahead. I, I, I had a lot okay. of fun. Uh, pre-writing this so let's get into it uh whew, our eyes our timelines our tiktoks our however you view this was blessed on this week with who i call the busted challenge winner we're talking about chloe bailey Period. of the beloved duo chloe and hallie shout out to nelsey who pronounces hallie like hail that was very funny um <laughs> Love you, Nelsie. Thank you. But man, you know, we've seen some very, very great busted challenges, some funny ones, some clever ones, some ones where we thought we was about to see something amazing and then someone's boyfriend popped up with the you right. thought it was face. Chloe decided, and as Nick has said so many times on the podcast, Chloe is coming for the throne. She came for, for the busted challenge throne and she is she is sitting comfortably. Like, who's next? And who's who's gonna follow that up? Like emphasis on sitting. Yeah. Sitting. Yeah. Yes. You know, she yes. put on a display that Nick would uh, describe as sophista ratchet, you know, like 
she should, you know, the, the, her dress was fire, first of all, you know, her makeup and just everything is always on point. But like seeing how strong her knees are and, you know, keeping the post, because a lot of girls would be, be posting them. And then like, you could tell that their knees kind of buckling and then they fall because they don't cut the video <laughs> right. But Chloe's was on point. It, it looked like her, her, Serious. her balance, her, her centripetal force was just <laughs> on point. Just, <laughs> I had to bring the physics in. Junior year physics, baby. You know the vibrations. Um, so yes, thank you, Chloe, no, her, for that. Her, she got the good joints, the good, good meniscus, the good ACL, all yes. of that. Joints. She's been drinking her milk, her, her oat milk, almond milk, whatever. She been, she been drinking it. Um, I, you know, I'm glad that I wasn't with my girl when this was posted because, you know, as the buzzer challenge has been populating for the last two weeks, you know, if once you hear the song over and over and then you see what people are watching and then you start to hear it again it's like yo like get off the timeline go read a book or something so you know <laughs> usually when i would be looking at them i would keep my volume low but i was i was getting the tire changed on my whip so and i was just sitting there waiting full volume watching it over and over and over so whew, thank you to chloe all all due respect to my lady of course We're very wholesome faithful black men you see it on the hat we're here um, there we go but did yeah, man. See, so, did you see that tweet that was? Uh, I think it's from one of your boys, right? Yes, uh, Austin Williams, former editor at BET. Shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, currently, currently at BuzzFeed doing his thing. But uh, he, uh, among many people, couldn't tell which twin was which. I mean, not twin. Sorry, which sister was which? Because a lot of people sister, think they're yeah. twins. Chloe's twenty-two. Right. Hallie's twenty. So they're not twins, but they do look very alike. Of course, blah blah blah. But he said, you know, after after this busted challenge, it was very clear who is who. <laughs> And I think a lot hear more of the world. I'm like, hear me and hear me good. <laughs> hear me good. <laughs> <laughs> I know now. Hear me and hear me good. I know now. Yo, I saw that was crying. Oh my God, yeah. that's so funny. That's your guy, though. Great oh tweet. Gosh. Great wow. tweet. Thank you, Chloe. Great guy. I feel like it can end there now. Like, we can just move on with everything else now. Like, new challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Because I For saw me. somebody, somebody posted one today. And they, you know, did, did, did the initial part where they were just in a robe or whatever. And then they had like a decent outfit on, but they were more focused on their rapping. I was like, we're not here for the reps. Like, if, if you want to rap, just put, put your freestyle on SoundCloud. But we're, we're, we're here to see strong knees. We're here to see strong knees. Bust it. It's got to bust. Respectfully, it of course. It has to bust mm -hmm. down. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Speaking of busting things, uh, LeBron James was finally exposed nationwide for his <laughs> it, for his lack of ability to really know lyrics to songs that he is singing to on his Instagram story. Shout out to our friend Regina Cho, who went viral uh, posting LeBron singing along to uh, Black Lil Durk and Young Thug song Stay Down. And instead of saying what the line was, it sounded like he said, Yabba Dabba Doo, Old Navy. And this just caused a whole flood of people like, yo, but this video, this video, and it started getting picked up by different publications. And Black himself quoted Regina. He was like, yo, Braun saying it with such conviction got me questioning my own lyrics. And it's like, because Braun really exactly. be rapping. Like, Braun be rapping, like, with okay. passion. Like, like you would think he wrote the song the way he be rapping along, but he never gets lyrics right. And so I thank, I thank Regina for bringing these, 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 these crimes to light because like, hey, Bron, you're an incredible right. basketball, one of the greatest of all time, a philanthropist, just a great guy overall. But you gotta, if you gonna call yourself a hip hop historian, like you did in that yeah. interview with Drake and uh, Maverick Carter, if you're a hip hop historian, you, you need to know these lyrics, bro. Like, 
Rap Genius is right there. Lyrics A to Z is right there. Apple Music got the lyrics. You could scroll up and like get the lyrics on Apple Music. I understand exactly. you recording at the same time, so you can't read them. But I know you got an iPad or a laptop or something like. Exactly, bro. Come on, like you, you got you got to get these lyrics right. But uh, we do love Bron. Shout out to Bron. Shout out to Regina for just finding that and just being so funny. Like that was that that, that was I, I needed that laugh that day. So yeah. um, shout out to her. Uh, in some somewhat disappointing news. <laughs> Aubrey Drake Graham, currently recovering from a, from a torn ACL, uh, let us know that Certified Lover Boy will be delayed. Now, we know back in September, October, he said it was coming January 2021. He put out that great promo video for it, taking him through his, his albums chronologically and like him as a man stepping into like images where he would have, you know, young Drake and all that. It was really, really cool. There was a lot of excitement for it. And, you know, once New, New Year's hit, we was like, all right, where, where's the single? Where's the album? What's happening? And as time has passed, you know, a lot of people started to doubt that it was coming January 2021. And Drake has done this before. He's announced something and then pushed it back, whatever. Like, this album was supposed to be coming summer 2020. He originally said it was coming summer 2020. Yeah. So, like, it's just like, all right, well, we got to wait a little longer. But I I I'm okay with it. Now, for everyone who thinks that they have the leaked Drake album already and they think that Come the on, leaked album is the reason that this got pushed back, Many of us have had those songs on that album for over a year now. That that is not the reason, and that is not the album. I just I, I want y'all to really, really understand that. Accept that. You know, I understand that it's exciting to think that you're the first to something and you got it. But <laughs> I promise you, that is not the album. Yeah. Because I've got like three different leaked albums with a lot of those same songs on it. But hey, you know it's cool. Yeah, y'all can learn. Now, Nick, this week I saw an exchange you had uh, with your homegirl. Uh, uh, Ari, right? Ari, that's my cousin, cousin actually. Yeah, cousin. Shout I'm sorry, cousin, cousin, cousin. No, no, yes, good. Yes, yeah. yes. Shout out Ari. Um, and you know, you put out a tweet that I very much so agree with uh, that you don't understand Drake slander, and her quote response to you was that you're a stan. Now that was very interesting to me because I, I you, you do appreciate Drake, you like Drake, right. you have, you have an affinity for him and his music yeah, yeah, and his yeah. contrib contribution. I would never call you a Drake stan. Would you call yourself a, a Drake stan? At okay. all. That's why I was like, oh no, I have to respond. We have to, <laughs> we have to get into this conversation. But continue. Yeah. And no, we're just we're in this culture these days where it's extremes. It's either you hate someone or you're a stan of someone. And so I, I was just thrown off by it. I was like, this is this is Nick's friend cousin. And I'm like, I feel like if you talk music with him a lot, you would probably be able to recognize that he's not a stand. Nick, as a musician himself, right. is just, he appreciates talent and quality right, and right. all that good stuff. So I was just very fascinated by that. I'm just wondering why these days people are automatically called a stand when they're making a valid defense of an artist, specifically Drake, who doesn't get the same graciousness as a lot of other artists yeah. get. Like we're, we're patient with certain artists were like, oh yeah, whatever. Like he missed is cool. Drake's misses. Like we really got to focus on them. Like, why is that the, the thing that people got to do these days? I think it was specifically because me and her have had the discussion before. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we go back and forth a lot with those kind of things. And I love the, the you know, mental sparring that we can do with them. Um, shout out to Ari. Uh, I think it's in the, you know, in the past in conversations before, when we talk about Drake, I, I don't get, like, I get it, but I don't get it at the same time. Mm -hmm. I get it because I can see where it comes from, but the facts remain clear. Like, if we take things for what they are and not try to interpret them, we can see very clearly that, you know, it's always surrounding the argument about Drake being culturally appropriating and being, uh, you know, a culture vulture, if you will, right? When 
the, just the facts remain is, you know, he grew up and if I mean, if anything, he tried to be more American than anything. And I think it has been later in his life embracing the fact that he's not from America, not, you know, he's more international than anything. And yeah. he always does this in his music. And I've had this d- debate and this will always be my thesis. So I'm not changing my story. The man, when he tries different styles which he's really just paying homage to because he grew up in toronto arguably the one of the biggest melting pots in the north america second probably to new york if not new york he he salutes the person who is known in that genre by featuring them on the track Mm -hmm. and giving them a shining moment thus introducing him to new audiences not to say that it's a new music and he never he always does it which if you just take it for what it is with respect for even doing that. Now, if he's, you know, doing an Afrobeat song and doing a dance hall song and he has no sort of, you know, nods to any of the people who are doing things, he, I think he brought grime to a lot of people to their consciousness. Grime has been going on for years and years and years, but by featuring Skepta and featuring all the other people that he does that exposes it to a new audience. That's only showing love. Drake is good. Don't get it twisted. Drake is good (laughs) wherever he goes. He's good. He gets love, what you need type Drake, a pound and what you need because he shows love, right? And it's almost like saying, it's like when you grow up in something, you don't have to be from that culture, but you have a love and respect for it. And growing up in, in a space with like that, you're just like, oh, okay, I can't, I can't enjoy this. I can't try my hand at it because, you know, it may be considered disrespectful when he he's literally puts the most respectful approach that I would think one outside of a culture could do is by showing love and saying, you know, you're the OG. I'm just trying this. Like, I, I don't get that perspective, you know? So um, it is what it is. And, Drake, and I love you. Yeah. And I, I think about it. I'm like, yo, imagine eighth grade Armand when I really first got exposed to Drake. Imagine the first stuff he came out with was like controller or him rapping on drill beats and all that. Like, I don't know if he would have reached the same heights that he, like, imagine Wayne found him and he was, Drake was making control on hotline bling and stuff like that. Like, as you said, in trying to break into an American market, yes, he, he rapped like a lot of rappers do and, and he did his thing. And then as he grew bigger and became more global, he's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to take it a step further. And, you know, of course I'm, I'm, I'm going to sound like the, the Drake Avenger. So it's whatever, but I'm just, you know, it's just, it's. You can't put on for <sighs> Toronto and not put on for the cultures represented in Toronto. Yeah, you can't put on for Toronto and and let's 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 be real. He'd been doing this for a long time. Find your love came out in what? Oh, nine, ten, whatever. 2010. Yeah. That whole video was shot in Jamaica. Uh, Movado is in the video. Yeah. All this, all the other stuff is happening. Like you can't you have to remember, like I said, he's not from America. y'all. He is from somewhere else and he is putting on for his city, thus putting on for his city he is representing and shining showing light giving light shedding light to cultures represented in his city so stop it please 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 stop that yeah yeah i mean if we want to get into a canadian who does you know more seem more of a vulture type person in just various respects i don't want to spend too much time on this because meg everything she said she she hit the nail on the head there was a report from a blog that i've never heard of and a lot of people had never heard of, and they're not reputable, that the charges were dropped against Tory Lanez. And within maybe an hour, hour and a half, some bigger blogs 
blogs that I've worked for, blogs that are more respected, picked the story up and thought that it was true. They just ran with it. And within maybe an hour of that, it was shown that that's not the case. The charters were not dropped. They were rescheduled because of the um, inauguration that happened this week. And I was just so, I, I've been so flabbergasted throughout this entire ordeal since July, because like, as someone who was formerly a fan of, of Tory Lanez, um, I, don't, I don't listen to him anymore at all. But, you know, his music was good. I liked it. But when the story came out, I was just like, oh, he's, he's fucked up. It's, it's easy for me to move on from him. Like his music was never that important to me where I, I would be in one of those situations where I want to separate the art from the artist. It's just like, nah, bro, like you, 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 you did some crazy shit. And it, it still hasn't been proven, but he, he looks very guilty. So I was just so thrown off by the people who were excited. Like, oh, Tory's free, free Tory. I'm about to go stream Chicks Tape. I told y'all, blah, blah, blah. It was like, you just ran with a headline you saw, you probably didn't even read the article. You didn't look like you, you can look up these court cases and, and see what's going on with them. And I think my boy, Andre G, who we've, uh, who we've, we've talked about in the half and half before he, he spoke with someone who's very much so in the know and like confirmed that this it, it's not true. The charters were not dropped. Wasn't, it, wasn't it, his camp. Wasn't it his camp that came out and said, no, y'all like they're not dropped. I believe so. Yes. I, I believe that also happened, but like, because his camp has also been feeding stories to different blogs to try and like make Meg look crazy. So I'm, I'm, I'm shaky on his camp. I, I don't really, I don't really trust them either, but I was just, I'm like, yo, y'all are really embarrassing yourselves. Like it was really, really gross seeing how quick people were to believe that he's innocent when they've spent the whole yeah. time being so, so uh, in, in disbelief at him being guilty and trying to silence yeah. Meg's story and just, it's just like, yo, like, I really, really, really don't get it. But uh, it was, it was, it was, it was embarrassing. And it's embarrassing I, I really, a lot of artists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but to, to close off the short Canadian uh, subject, I, I, I hope y'all, I hope y'all deleted all those tweets where you were excited about him being free and streaming chicks tape and all that. Cause you just, y'all look bad. You look really, really bad. Speaking of looking bad, Danny Lay put oh out God. a, a well, it was it was a, the the song. What's what's the song called? Because I it I, was like the, the song was called. I don't know if it's out. I did really didn't look into it. It was a thriller video, oh, right? It was yeah. She's big on like the videos and whatnot. So she was doing like a video of like her getting her hair makeup done, kind of vibing out to a song of hers called uh, Yellow Bone. Mm, yes, and uh, it uh, sparked a lot of controversy, obviously given that she is not, in fact, the yellow bone herself. She's mm-hmm. not black. Um, probably has, you know, African genes in somewhere in the line, because, you know, as most Dominicans do. Um, it was it was very much so taken in a negative light. Um, and she's kind of done other things that have sort of surrounded that. And, you know, people have kind of let it go and this never picked up any steam the way this one did. Mm-hmm. I think it picked up most steam because of her response, which was similar to like, you know, we have all a bunch of songs out there. The gist of it was we have a bunch of songs out there that are celebrating all colors. Why can't I make one for my light skin baddies? And, it, you know, it, it was just tone deaf. Uh, shout out to our homegirl, Oge, who uh, I saw in a thread when we were talking about it, called it color, colorist ASMR, called the song colorist ASMR, which I thought was hilarious uh, because not only was the song absolutely horrendous 
which a lot of people were saying. I mean, the quotes, <laughs> the quotes was in the seven thousand. <laughs> the quotes were in like the seven thousand people. People were going in, in on her, um, and I think it's you know it's been something that's just like, what is this song? One, forget that you know colorism aside, what is the song? What is this? I thought the beat was good, but what she was doing, I'm just like, wait, wait, wait. How do we get, you know, Easy Unplugged, which we talked about months ago, which was, I thought, a great song. And I thought showcased that she has a talent. I mean, she's a talented person regardless. Yeah. But then then we get this. And just like, you know, what do artists really care about nowadays? And then it was it was very insensitive for her to to do that and not realize. But I'm sure someone on her team said delete. And, she, you know, she was calling people sensitive and this and the third. But Yeah. <sighs> Oh God! Don't co-opt the culture. I, I always hope people's teams are a bit more proactive. Like rather than deleting after it's up, just be like, mm, do you, "You sure you want to do that? Like, are, are you sure you want to put that out?" Mm. But hey, it is what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens for her moving forward. Uh, lastly, we finally got the Keisha Cole Ashanti versus. You know, we were waiting since December for this. Uh, Ashanti got COVID and she recovered, and then you know pushbacks and all that, and it was decided that they were going to go back to the split screen versus format, which I was like, ah, man, like I've really enjoyed these productions. I've enjoyed seeing people together. And with the split screen comes audio issues and audio issues definitely existed uh, in this battle as well. Like Keisha's music wasn't loud enough. Sometimes, sometimes Ashanti's mic was too loud. So when she was talking to someone about what to play next, she would be talking over Keisha's song. Keisha did not seem very into it. She seemed like she had an attitude. She showed up real late. Um, the battles start to like 9.15 and Kojo put out a, a funny tweet, shout out Kojo. He said, you know, when, when, when y'all go to shows and like y'all hear doors open at eight, does the show start at eight? No, doors are open at eight, you get there. And like a lot of verses have started late and they've been playing music ahead of time and just getting stuff ready. So it was like people just making a big deal and just being negative about it. And there was a lot of negativity going into this battle because it was pushed back. Yeah. Like everyone, everyone was like, oh, we don't really care. But they, they had a million people in there at one point. So Oh yeah, no, people was like, there was a large segment of people who who did care. So everyone who said that they don't care, I mean, you could just not watch and not engage with things, but you know, everyone still got to have an opinion. Uh, in terms of the battle itself, I know I, I, I publicly said I thought Keisha would win. Uh, coming out of it, I felt like Ashanti ended up winning. Keisha, her curation was not there. Her, her, her energy was not there. Like she just didn't seem fully, fully into it. And Ashanti was happy-go-lucky, happy to be there. Shanti just got that real bright personality. I, I just love her. And she was looking great. I, I was looking respectfully at, at both of them. But Ashanti uh, really, like, blind. married, not blind. You know the vibe. Shout out to Yao. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Shanti just, she just seemed, she she seemed ready. And she she was prepared. A lot of a lot of songs that, that I either forgot she was on or just songs that I liked and didn't remember the name of or anything like that. So, yeah, Shanti definitely came out the victor in my mind. Um, and yeah, man, uh, of course these versus battles lead to people fantasy booking versus battles and a lot of annoying conversations. So again, I'm going to remind people versus is not about people <laughs> playing you, your favorite songs and your favorite songs are not hits. They might be hits to you, but there are ways to quantify and qualify hits. As we discussed season one, yeah. it's bops, jams, smashes. Um, and right. so, you know, with that, the conversation came up again, Usher versus Chris Brown. I put in oh, all caps God. here, and I'm going to say it very emphatically. Leave Usher alone. Leave Usher alone. There's certain people that <laughs> Usher, Beyonce, Mariah Carey, 
Mary J. Blige. Th those are like the versus unicorns in my mind. Like there, there's nobody touching them. They got to go against each other. They, they, they have to verse each other. Like, so, and the, the thing with Chris Brown is everyone's like, oh, he's got so much more music. He's got endless hits. It's 20 verse 20. Uh, and Chris Brown's hits. Period. They're like, and I'm, you know, I, I've enjoyed Chris Brown's music, so this is not slander, but like a lot of his music, the, the hits are forgettable until, until you hear them again. Like, like you, you don't go out your way to listen to more of Chris Brown's recent stuff. You'll go out of your way to play Usher Throwback. You'll go out of your way to play You Got It Bad. You'll go out of your way to play Burn. You'll go out of your way to play Yeah. Maybe not Yeah, but like you'll go out of your way to play Confessions Part 2. Like Usher's hits stick to your ribs. Chris yeah. Brown's hits might hit you in the arm and then fall off. And then like you got to get hit again to remember, oh, yeah, he did that. Oh, he did that. It's like, so this conversation is really, really annoying to me. And I hope that it like the battle's not going to happen. Like both of them have spoken on it. Yeah. It's it's not gonna happen. And Usher and Chris Brown are in two different generations as well. Like it's just it's like I, I see what people mean. Like if you're going Usher's generation and Chris Brown's generation, yes, those two are, are the standouts. You, you want them to, to go against each other. But yeah. it would not be pretty for Chris Brown. And I like I, I mean that oh. with all due respect. Because I've done this battle. I had to control Chris Brown and it got to a point where I was like, yo, I'm I'm not gonna win this joint. Like I, I'm I'm not clipped. And like the threshold, yeah, and it was, and like the, the battle ended up being closer than I expected it to, but it was just like, bro, like had had the person who was controlling Usher did a better job, he he would have watched me, and that's something that I completely accept. Oh, and man. I'm not saying I'm a master of Chris Brown's discography or a master curator. I'm pretty damn good, um, but like, it's just it's not gonna happen, and Chris Brown would not win. Like it's it it just no. Man. We've talked about it. If, if there's a battle to do, and again, because I, I didn't mention Justin Timberlake in that unicorn category, but I would want to see Usher and Justin Timberlake. That is a much more competitive battle in my mind. Timberlake has been around a bit longer. We've sat with his music longer. We've seen him put out some lackluster more music. More contemporaries. Right. And the stuff he's put out more recently has made us want his older stuff from Future Sex Love Sounds and, you know, uh, Justified and all that. Like, he, him and Usher have, like, three stable albums with a good amount of hits on them that like you put them neck and neck, it, it will be really competitive. Chris Brown is going to come with loyal and undecided and like stuff that is like, Oh, these are great. You sampled something great, but it's like, it's, it's not hitting the same way moving mountains, even like climax and like, like uh, OMG, like, yo, people like, I, I, I want listeners and, you know, to, to tell your friends too, I want you to really sit with Usher's discography and check check the charts and yeah. and talk to people like chris brown's amazing and i i don't ever want to discredit that but the the cloth is different the cloth is just very very different different cloth different thread count different everything different fabric all of that is different like huh and i mean and also usher's washing everyone that comes against him like he's yeah. washing timberlake like mm -hmm. Scrubbing, Clorox, Lysol, goodbye, erased. Yeah, like yeah. all of it. Um, which was, I think would be an interesting battle too, because it's mostly Pharrell that produced for both of them for those those mm. those major hits, some of those major hits. But um, that would be fun. But you know, alas, leave Usher alone. Untouchable. Yeah, I I just I, I think I think a lot of people just just enjoy the verses, just enjoy the verses that that actually happen. Like 
cultural commentary is not for everybody. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, it's not for everybody. Keep the takes in your group chats. You, you, you're safe in your group chats. That's, that, that's your safe haven. Because when you come to the TL with some nonsense, I'm there. I, I'm there. That said, I've talked a lot. I'm parched. What you sipping on, brother? I actually started the day off sipping on a bunch of Jesus juice, you know, great H2O. I'm actually drinking like a little like sort of energy um, vitamin C thing, you know, that I'm trying to get going. Um, no, I do not have Rona. No, I'm not feeling sick. I'm just, you know, preemptively putting some vitamin C in my in my system. And it's not an emergency for those. I hate emergency. It has an aftertaste to me. But um, it's actually what we would call pollen burst. It's amazing. Shout out but our half and half is coming from Forbes. This is our music charts, a relic of the past. This is by Bobby Osinski. Shout out, Bobby. So basically, this article is going to describe, you know, talking about the impact, the hit, a little bit of the history of the Billboard charts and sort of like what is the relevance today and how that metric has been used throughout history, essentially, to be a, a, a cornerstone of checking people's you know success of their career a measurement of how successful they are just things of that like that and, uh you know measures is a measurement for tracking up artist progress and success and so he's talking about how nowadays you know it seemed to lost its its luster and lost its power chip you know because there's so many other metrics nowadays that are sort of giving artists credence and ways for music discovery um and you know it used to be a time where if you were on the radio you're pretty much on the charts at the same time whereas like now it could be a different scenario where people you know they get on a really high you know spotify curated playlist and and then their song goes up from there and now that's a metric that people are utilizing you know and oftentimes you you know the artist the excuse me the author uh a speaks about uh you know except for bragging rights a high charting song that might not be an accurate indicator of artist popularity so i wanted to ask you you know how do we truly measure an artist's success these days you know the art the article talks about you know is revenue the only really metric that matters but how what are the some of the ways that we can actually measure an artist's success yeah, that's that's a tough one because I mean a lot of people still go back to the charts. Like if you look at a lot of these verses conversations, people will search someone's chart history on Billboard and be like, "Oh, this versus this," and that doesn't take into account cultural impact, conversation, just the general feeling of stuff. Um, it's it's definitely it's charts one still, even if they're a bit outdated and people are like, "Oh, you can game the charts with streaming and all that." Revenue is a big one, merchandise, ticket sales. Um, a lot of artists are starting to get on TikTok as well using that. So I think just the, your traction on TikTok is, is one way to measure it as well. Um, but it's, it's tough, man. Like, I don't, I don't think I have the perfect answer for it. And I think just the way I think too, I don't, I don't look at, you know me, I don't, I don't, numbers are not the biggest thing for me. Um, I'm, I'm looking at impact. I'm looking at conversation. I'm looking at a bunch of different, different things. So, yeah, I, I mean, just if, if we're looking at something qua- uh, quantitative, then it would definitely be charts, revenue, uh, including merchandise, ticket sales. Um, I'm sure there's an a- aspect of revenue that I'm forgetting there. But, you know, once you get beyond that, it's it's a little tough. How, how about you, especially as someone, as an artist, you know, who's... You know, I, I feel like, you know, I mean, if I, at the end of the day, artists are supposed to, I think, 
be able to do what they love and provide for their family, right? Let's get that out of the way. And I think that revenue is the closest thing linking to that, that, that success. Yeah. So I was reading an article, I really was resonating with, with the author and speaking about is, you know, revenue is really kind of really what matters. And, you know, having your shows, what does your shows look like? Those to me are the more important because I think the attendance at your shows, yeah, ticket sales and all that stuff comes with it, but it's more specifically, I think that is showing you how you're resonating with an audience. That's more speaking towards your impact, right? Like, do people like your music and then want to come see it and feel it live? I think that yeah. is a more important thing. And then can you deliver live? You know, because naturally, yes, you're going to bring in revenue from ticket sales, merch, streams, all the above. But I think it's more so like we're looking at layer deeper. Those metrics are really, I think, important to understanding like how an artist is doing. If yeah. you're playing a show, not you don't have to pack out Wembley Stadium and you know, and and all these huge venues, MSG. But it's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> no, and that's yeah. you know that's that, that's reserved for a select tier of artists that mm -hmm. really get that sort of crazy yeah. following, packing out thirty thousand, fifty thousand, sixty thousand plus stadiums. Uh, and so I think at the end of the day, it's like for what you do as an artist, what you bring to the culture, and what you contribute that level are you maximizing what you can do and i think that that to me i feel like what does your shows look like as well as you know um your overall what you're bringing in for yourself you know yeah and at the end of the day what does a does a chart really say because you know like there's a lot of people who chart that couldn't sell of, out there's a lot of factors man there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of one hit wonders that be on the charts for months you know but they couldn't and, sell out a, a coffee shop <laughs> <laughs> what, what factors into that radio play a lot of things that are inaccessible for artists that may be great or have super strong followings that just quote unquote haven't broken through in that mainstream light and so yeah. I, I feel like charts they are a metric that I think will never go away and never will be uh, undervalued per se but I think that now that there's more things that we're looking at I think that that's also important to take into account yeah, no, nah, because we're just we're, the charts. Yeah, because we have a lot more access to things like we can research more stuff. We can literally just see it on our timeline. There's a lot of different, you know, accounts that put out these different numbers and different facts and all that. So like now we're, we're, we're a lot more critical. Like back in the day, information was was presented to us and now we can kind of seek it out a bit more. So you could be like, oh, yeah, like this person had a number one for five weeks, but they didn't sell out a single show on their tour. And then they had to cancel like a whole leg of their tour because they wasn't selling tickets and it's like well are the, are they really as big as the charts and, and the streaming makes them seem facts keep it all the way a stack yeah but anyways you know, that's everything. our half and half that's a great conversation <laughs> yeah. to have that we can have at length but i i think that this digital age has really changed things so yeah, yeah. everything grows is destined to change uh let's get into our employee of the month the great writer uh, podcaster, cultural critic, Nicholas Tyrell Scott out the UK. Shout out to my guy. Just put it out for an amazing article about Clubhouse that's for his uh, British GQ debut. Y'all got to go check that out. Shout out Mr. Nicholas Tyrell. Also, shout out to you for spelling your name the way you do, because that's how I spell my name. But Yeah. <laughs> Yo, when's the last time you, you went on Clubhouse? Last time I went on Clubhouse, it had to be week ago mm. maybe more than that 
it just kind of exists in there and it's like in the last page of my socials little folder on my phone so when i go there i go there and i i kind of just be in rooms for like 30 45 seconds max unless it's like an actual discussion like when i'm seeking out something like interest mm-hmm. you know i'm learning i want to learn about sync placements for tv and getting music there mm-hmm. i'll go look at that and i and i turn on notifications for certain clubs so that when i go on i have those mm-hmm. things. sometimes like when people you know ping me into the black cornell rooms i try to be on but most of the times i'm just out doing stuff because i feel like clubhouse mm-hmm. you really have to just be doing clubhouse the way it you know you can't just like you can passively listen but the things I've been doing, I've been doing like actual active activities where I can't just be passively listening. And, yeah. Know. No, I, I feel you. I, 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 my experience with it has changed a lot since when you and I first got on. And, you know, I, 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 I do want to be fair. Like there is a lot of good to get out of it. I think a lot of the social media discourse goes towards the stupid rooms, the, the, the negativity. So once I see like a screenshot of room with like black people aren't black or just some dumb shit, I'm just like, bro, like I'm, I'm done with this app. Like I'm, I'm really, really done. But <laughs> There is a lot of good to get out of it. So I, I don't want to discourage anyone who's just recently gotten on the app. I think one of my favorite things is when the people who've been on the app for like one week act like they, they've been on it forever and like they know everything about it. Like, yo, Clubhouse is not the same, bro. It, it, you got on January 7th. It's January 14th. Like, how, right, like get out right, of here. Right, right. Get out of here. Like, right. we've been outside since September. Like, come on. But anyway. It was mid-panty. Right. You're right. Yo, like, come on. Uh, that said, let us get into the good slide deck. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. All right. We got some fun slides coming for y'all. Uh, three women who, who I really, really love. Uh, I'm going to play mine first. You know, um, I brought what I, uh, when, when this album dropped and I, I, I saw the song title, I was immediately intrigued. I heard it and it didn't disappoint me. I'm calling it the unofficial alternate Stay Busy theme song. Uh, this is Bit Busy Boy by Chloe and Hallie, produced by Jeff Giddy Gittleman. Let's get into it. That's why the nice guys, they will always last. That's why the Playboy's always been his friend. It's not a cock. I'll get a text saying, are you up? My girl said she got the same as the same thing A few days, yeah, we're cool Then you disappear like I'm a fool You told me that you're with your family My girl saw you with someone leaving the party That's why I don't play with you I spend a little time to stay with you I tell you what you wanna hear all the time Just because it's so damn snaps the clean snaps they they are that album if you haven't heard that album for some reason listen to that album uh 
there's really not much to say. They're incredible singers. The production on there, shout out to Giddy. That 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 beat the just the thump with the snaps with the with the the oh, just every, everything everything came together so well. It's 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 it's, it's like your favorite meal and just everything complements each other. Like the mac and cheese yeah. is right. The string beans is right. The chicken is succulent. It's like there's there, there's nothing there that falters. There's nothing there that's lacking. There's nothing like, oh, they could have did that better, that better. It's like, nah, this, this is an, this is an anthem. So do you, uh, random question, do you prefer string beans to greens? Hmm, like collard greens? You're like, yeah. Uh, no, actually, no, I, I, uh, I've never compared the two. I don't know. I, I, I do love me totally some collard greens. Co- co- collard greens go great with some mac and cheese. They, they do. Um, the, but the I, I enjoy. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I, I enjoy string beans mac with some mac too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's Mac fact. yams yeah. and greens. Yeah. It has to be on my plate. <laughs> I, I respect <laughs> it. I respect it, King. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, we, we got to embrace our differences. But hey, this, this, the, the, this collard slash string beans that uh, Chloe and Hallie gave us along with the mac and Facts. cheese and the fried chicken. Yeah, there's, there's some games on it too. We saw Chloe got the yeah. Hello, what? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Oh, is, is this thing on? Mine. Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> uh, woo! That said, respectfully, uh, what you bring, <laughs> brother, early? Oh, I uh, shout out to Carlton, Carlton Burrell. I want to shout you out because you've been trying to get me on Alina for a long time since maybe 2015, 2014. Uh, this is an artist who I've not avoided i just like i've heard but never got into her stuff uh just because i just didn't have the time or whatever and finally i've been kind of just like listening more and more and realized she's amazing this is be good by alina baraz funny enough i didn't know we didn't plan this produced by Caston grigsby and jeff giddy gittleman So don't wait, following the thought of you Have you ever had it all? Then you trip and then you fall You're feeling away, feeling away, I don't God damn it hurts, when it really hurts Came up as be testing, but it could be worse I'm feeling away, so it's okay Another day, I'ma still be good i this song captured me is because i love songs that take very classic feel specifically like that's like very old school just the, the, the effect on the guitar um i want to sound more articulate than just saying the effect on the guitar it's coming from like that 60s you know 60s era 
um, between like the you want to say like the fifties, sixties era guitar. Like um, the song actually reminds me of something. Uh, I'd rather go blind, but uh, Cracker, I'd rather go blind. Uh, the, from uh, Cadillac Records when Beyonce was Etta James and, and sang that song, mm. Go Blind yes, by yes, Etta yes. That guitar reminds me of that sort of like that era, it's classic sound, classic uh, chord progressions, and just brought into a sort of a modern context. I love that when people are able to, you know, do that very on the nose, but very much so today, uh, very much you know modern. So I love that. Shout out to the production. I'm going to do a little deep dive on Giddy because I know Giddy has done some stuff with like her and other people as well. Um, but I'm going to do a deep dive on Giddy. Shout out to you, Giddy. Yeah, he's, so, he's definitely getting it in for sure. Here we go. <laughs> I had to run it Next back. Board meeting. <laughs> board meeting. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, the Slide Deck playlist is available on all platforms. So hit the link tree in our IG and Twitter bio to listen to it. If you want a slide added to the deck, whether you want to submit one as a listener or as an artist, you want us to play you and talk about your tracks, let us know via at StayBusyPod on IG and Twitter or hit us on the email, StayBusyPod at gmail.com. And be sure to sign up for our mailing list, which is also available in the link tree in our IG bio. It's board meeting time. Quotes from the Quill Part 3. Brother, are you prepared? I'm very excited for this one. Let's do it. All right. So as we said, we are closing it off. And I think we're closing it off in a quite immaculate way, which is our word for the day. Uh, Now, immaculate is defined as perfectly clean, neat, or tidy, also free from flaws or mistakes. Perfect. That said, brother, you have selected some some songs that I would deem perfect records. So start, start us off. So I want to start it off light. And it, typically when you think of the word, you know, when we picked the word for immaculate, I was thinking about all the different, you know, contexts outside of the definition, how do we use the word um, immaculate? We, you know, we've heard in a Little Wayne song, we've, we've heard it in, you know, the, comp- the, the, the context of immaculate conception, all just the ranging of the word specifically meaning, you know, like just the best, the most pure. I, I think pure is the word that comes to mind, a synonym that comes to mind when we think about immaculate. And so I kind of wanted to approach Immaculate because I think from two different angles, uh, which I, you know, I always got to get dramatic with it and get interesting as I try to try to be to give y'all some interesting perceptions and, and perspectives. Uh, and so I am taking the first meaning perspective of Immaculate in sort of a way that being Immaculate is something that is more of a feeling and then rather an actually achievable thing. And I think that it's very closely linked to like the human's definition of what we think is when we say something is perfect, like a perfect moment, a perfect love, perfect thing. It it just, I think it's just a strong sense of satisfaction because nothing that we can do as humans is perfect. Objectively, nothing is perfect. It, I think it's more so about expectation and satisfaction and those two being very much so connected. Man, I didn't mean to get out here and preach today, but this is we giving words today. That's the early but, uh, Pastor Karen. <laughs> stay, stay busy Baptist. We're here, baby. <laughs> so I actually have a song that y'all are going to be interested to hear why I picked it as immaculate. But the moment that I'm going to express. New York City. Summertime. Mm. It's July, middle of July. It's the air. You've just had brunch, got your fit on, 
Then you're going over to the day party. All your people's is going to be there. You get to the party and everything is on point. The vibe is set right. The mimosas is starting to really slide on you. Yeah. Dancing. You already caught a few wines. You know how that go. And then this song comes on. And your arms are stretched out wide. The sun is beaming on you. Your skin glistening. Your shades is on. The button down opened. Vocals is on point. And you, this song, you ain't even, you could catch a wine to the song, but you ain't even got, you could do this with your peoples and just enjoy and bask in the moment, which I think is the perfect moment to describe a New York City summer when I always think of this song. This is No Letting Go by Wayne Wonder, produced by Stephen Lenke Marsden. Kieran, can you play that for us? Then we'll talk about it. Somebody, she is a beauty, very special, really and truly. y'all and what's funny is i had i guess never paid attention that much because i'm typically catching a wine to the song or i'm singing it to the top of my lungs at the function and i when i was researching for this for i was actually reading the lyrics and i think i'm like this is this can't be any more perfect the feeling that i felt from it and what i was really getting from it without even really reading the lyrics i'm like they're totally aligned the you know, when the verse says, they say good things must come to an end, but I'm optimistic about being your friend. Though I made you cry by my doings with Keisha and Anisha, but that was back then. 
Mm. No letting go, no holding back because you are my lady. When I'm with you, it's all of that. Girl, I'm so glad we made it. No letting go, no holding back. No holding back. No. When I'm with you, it's all of that. All of that. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the idea of not, no love is perfect, right? Humans aren't perfect. But there's a there's a point in which you can have that pure sense of like satisfaction and commitment and feeling like that there's no there's nothing that is going to hold you back from getting that that true love that you really deserve. And it's like that realization moment. Uh, and then specifically knowing when something is real, there are things that are going to happen that'll be outside of that and may threaten that, but they're not going to be able to break it because it's so meant for you and it's so true and so like when he's talking about you know him being just another jamaican man <laughs> doing crazy stuff wait is he jamaican i think he's jamaican let me let me double check karen let me know if he's jamaican Back check us. <laughs> but point being he's a caribbean man um and we know how they can be you know us how we can be well let me <laughs> let me <laughs> let me not slander myself but <laughs> Point being, I think that this really this this describes yes, he is Jamaican, describes immaculate love because it's there's this perfection in the imperfection, but it's that deep sense of satisfaction and reaching that pure sense of, you know, let's go for it. Let's let's take off the you know, the the obstacles. Let's you know, no holds barred. I'm going for it. I'm putting all my all into that. And you don't do that unless you think something is perfect or pure. You know, and so um, I love this. Love this song. Yeah. This is what I, this song is how I describe. People say, what's New York in the summer? I say, listen to No Letting Go by Wayne Wonder. That's how New York City summer feels to me. Okay. No, very, very accurate. It's it's crazy. Like that song came out when we were young and I loved it then. Loved I would it. hear on the, heard it on the radio all the time. It was like one of those songs you couldn't help but learn the words to. And then like different talent shows people would dance to it and then like as we get older and we start to get out and be able to do more as legal 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 adults who can brunch and drink and all that it's like wow like certain songs take on a whole new life for you and this song is one of those songs that's withstood the test of time and it makes you remember when you were younger but it also reminds you of where you're at and if you can relate then it's it's just it's this perfect storm and we're going to say the word perfect a lot but that's that's what it is speaking of something perfect my first song for Quotes from the Quill, um, I chose a record that I heard, uh, came out back in 2017. Uh, it's a ballad, it's a song you hear and you immediately think weddings. And the, the, the idea of weddings has been on my mind a lot. My homeboy just got married, he danced to this record. My brother's getting married uh, this upcoming December or the next, I don't know, the, the upcoming, uh, yeah, this upcoming December. And so, you know, I'm getting ready for that because I'm gonna be hosting, you know, on the aux, all that good stuff. But yeah, so I, I think about weddings a lot, you feel me? Um, and so this record, this is Ed Sheeran Perfect, produced by Benny Blanco, Ed Sheeran, and Will Hicks. Old-fashioned love song. You hear it, and you can you can literally just visualize. You can visualize someone dancing to it. You can visualize walking hand in hand down a down a dirt road with just the sun beaming on you, or riding in a car together and just looking over at her like, yo, she's she's everything. Like there's there's so many different images that you see with this type of record and you know ed sheeran is super super talented like that, that goes without saying and it's funny he thought that you know thinking out loud was his peak or like a lot of people treated thinking out loud like his peak so he wrote this song with thinking out loud in mind like I, i've got to outdo that and i genuinely believe that that he he did do that with this record i'm, I'm more partial to the ballads thinking out loud is more of like uh it's more like uh oh. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a ballad it's to a an ballad. extent, but like not as not like perfect is more ballad ish than than I would. I get what you're saying. More traditionally mm-hmm. ballad is right, right. I think of thinking out loud as a ballad because you know I think ballads of you know low, small instrumentation like or just mm-hmm. very drawn back instrumentation. I mean, that's not always true, but that depends yeah. on the era. But the point being, very much so focused on the story and the vocals and the accompaniment. Right. But, yeah, I think it's a ballad. I would say it's a ballad. Okay, that's fair. Um, and so this was written with his then-fiance, uh, Cherry Seaborn, in mind. And, I mean, it's it's just, it's it's just, it's 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 pretty clear like it's it's very clear what he's getting at he he was deeply in love at the time and you know again we, we've talked about perfect and perfection and how it's not necessarily something that can be attained but when you're in a certain relationship or situation with someone similar to Xavier Omar so much more you're just like wow man like you're everything that I was looking for you are perfect and when I think of the word immaculate, it's usually how I describe, you know, certain women I see or like a song I hear. And it's like, you know, like if, if you can't call something perfect because everything has its flaws, then immaculate is the next thing. And the, this record to me is immaculate. So let's uh, let's play some some of this. I found a love for me. Darling, just dive right in Follow my lead I found a girl Beautiful and sweet I never knew you were the someone Waiting for me Cause we were just kids when we fell in love Not knowing what it Give you up this time Darling, just kiss me slow Your heart is all I own And in your eyes, you're holding mine Baby, I'm dancing in the dark between my arms Barefoot on the cross Listening to our favorite song When you said you looked a mess I whispered underneath my breath But you heard it Darling, you Yeah, it's that it's that second verse that really does it for me. You know, obviously he opens the record really, really strong, but verse two is really what I feel like uh, he he captures the the immaculateness, the perfection of the person that he's with. Um, he goes, and, and y'all heard a little bit of it. Well, I found a woman stronger than anyone I know. She shares my dreams. I hope that someday I'll share her home. I found a love to carry more than just my secrets, to carry love, to carry children of our own. 
we're still kids. So he, he's, he's acknowledging that, you know, they're still a little immature. They're still growing because we're always growing in life. Even when I'm 60, I'm still going to be growing mentally and I might not be growing physically, but you know, my, my, my body will be developed, whatever. Um, <laughs> we're still kids, but we're so in love fighting against all odds. And I, I love that. You know, I love that, you know, these, these love songs that they do, they record like, writers like Ed constantly acknowledge that, you know, love is not easy. Even if you acknowledge someone is perfect, it's, it's not always a perfect situation. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna argue about something. Yeah, I'm gonna disagree on something. There's gonna be some roadblock, but he follows that up. I know we'll be all right this time. Darling, just hold my hand, be my girl, I'll be your man. I see my future in your eyes. Uh, the chorus, baby, I'm dancing in the dark with you between my arms, barefoot on the grass, listening to our favorite song. now. You know, for, for everyone, I, I don't know if you have experienced listening to one of your favorite songs with someone who, who you love, but that just takes the experience to a whole new level. Like when, uh, when, when Ed Sheeran, I mean, when Division and Snow dropped between us, I was like, yo, I can't wait to listen to that record with someone who like, I really, really, you know, mess yeah. with. And like upon it, it, it happening, thank God, it was like, yeah, like this is real, but like, wow. So that that barefoot on the grass, listen to our favorite song, but that joint just hits hit, hits me the most because I, I really felt that, Ed. Um, I don't deserve this, darling. You look perfect tonight. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get married, y'all. That's, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. And and this record will be playing. It's it's made its way on a lot of my different playlists. Um, and I, I think I think it really captures that feeling of just looking at someone and just being like, wow, you are everything that I could ask for, everything that I want. You're immaculate. You are perfect. One aspect of the word immaculate. So that's my record. What's what's your next one? Wow. This got me thinking about just like love and life and <laughs> that, that, that feeling of like, because like last time I thought when we talked about when I talked about new magic wand and like the fear of the dark side of really loving someone so much that like, and not being able to have them and feeling like you, you know, big that it drives you, that love will drive you to like the dark side of things. Like this is the opposite side of the spectrum where it's like the love drives you so strongly to fearlessness almost like it's, a, it's being so sure that you're fearless in, in going forward and just giving that person your, your soul, you know, sharing your soul with somebody. So, you know, that's beautiful. And I'm just thinking about all the weddings I've been to and played. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, most recently, Zella Whitney, shout out to them. Shout out to but them, uh, sure. this next song, uh, this now this is the other side of what I think perfection is um, when it comes to Im immaculate. And naturally, I think I was looking at love from two sides of being immaculate. You know, and we talk about, I think love is such a human thing for us. That's what we equate, you know, a lot of songs are about that and whatnot. And I've heard this, this song an unbelievable amount of times. And every time I remember that, I, I think I remember some of the, you know, around the first time that I've heard the song and it just immediately captured me as one of those things that just, this leaves nothing to be desired. And the, the word choices, the delivery of the song really, really hit me as perfect. Specifically speaking towards uh, the song Love by Music Soul Child producing, produced by Adrian Vidal. Now, the first time I heard it, obviously I thought it was talking about regular love, but there was years after hearing that I heard that 
you know, I don't, I don't know if this has been confirmed, but I've heard that this song is about God, hmm. about his personal relationship with God. And that there was, there's a, a rumor going around that, that the story goes is that when he wrote the song or they wrote the song and did the song that the label didn't want to put a gospel song on his uh, album. Oh, I just want to do the same. I just want to sing. And so they ended up changing the word God because I guess the song was called God. Uh, and they changed that to love to, you know, and representing that God is love, which I feel like is the truthfully, like, you know, the only perfect love, I think, is the love of God. And those who have experienced that can, can attest to that, too. And um, for me, it, it, it was when I was looking at that, I, I thought about this verse that is really important to me. Um, it, it's First John's 4, 16 from the Amplified Version. It says, we have come to know by personal observation, experience, and have believed with deep, consistent faith that the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides continually in him. And so when I listen to this song, I want to play it, and then we'll go through some of the lyrics, but it, it, it connects and hits so much harder for me. Um, so let's, let's go in and play this song. To myself and just cry <laughs> that song no, but, but, but before you get into it I, I know i'm one of the people who defends new r&b up and down i tweeted this like maybe a couple months ago there's very few records that make me feel like brian mcknight's uh record like you know uh back at one or at any time and this is another one of those records it's like there's a lot of great music out but this 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 is one of them it's a re record a a record like this stuff just don't make you feel like this Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're you're perfectly fine, and I think that's. But see, even the fact that you said that, you know, what I'm saying like 
that's the immediately you like, I have to say this because this record is bringing so much emotion out of me. I have to speak on it. I think that's because people nowadays are skipping steps when it comes to being honest about what they actually feel in love and like what they actually want to speak about. And I think that too often we speak about certain repeatable things or things that are, you know, like, well, everyone else is going to experience this. I think then being true to yourself and because the fact that this song could have that duality, you know, by changing love, you know, God is love. And the song is really, it was written for God. Like when you think about so many people using your name in vain, that plays to both, you know, people can say they're in love, you know, you know, in a sort of human, humanistic side of, you know, being in love when it's really not true love. And, you know, God, people saying God's name in vain or whatever, you know, and, and the, the, the thoughts and what that's supposed to bring, you know, for us, for, so far as our charges, you know, followers of God, like what that means and how that can you know, be a transgression and thinking about some, you know, those have faith in you sometimes grow astray. Some people just have been hard, their hearts broken that they don't believe in love no more. Some people have been so disappointed where they don't believe in God's, you know, power anymore. Like it just, the song is so human and it speaks to so many different things that people experience and through all the ups and downs of joys and hers, because ain't nothing perfect, a perfect, there's no such thing as a perfect relationship with God. There's no such thing as a perfect love on earth. And for better or worse, I'll still choose you first, regardless of what it is, I'll still choose love. I'll still choose you, God, to bring me through. I'll put you first. So it, it, the song, it, it, it's just, I think it's, <laughs> that's why I think it, it hits today and it will always hit and it's going to play at my wedding for sure. <laughs> um, it's if I don't sing it to my wife, you know. Um, oof, oof. I would I wouldn't make it to the chorus. I'd just fall. <laughs> I wouldn't make it. Um, but I, I really, 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 really love that song. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's I there's not I'm really trying to find new words to add, but you just gotta listen to it and 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 look at the lyrics and I think with this new perspective, because I remember when this perspective came to me, the song took on a whole different meaning. And so for those of you who are listening and then this is your first time hearing that, I urge you to then go from the song now and think about it that way and reflect and it's going to hit you in a different way. So um, I really, really enjoyed that one. Man, this yeah. is a great way to end the series. I, lo I love that. <laughs> but um, yeah, what's yours last one? My last record. Now, when I think of Immaculate and Perfection, it just come up a lot. I also think of Timeless and that plays into what we just said about the record. We talked about No Letting Go. I think Ed Sheeran Perfect sure. has, has an aspect of timelessness to it. For sure. um, and the word timeless, I have a special relationship with. One of the best compliments I've ever gotten, my, well, one of my best friends, Jess, she described me as timeless. I was like, wow, that's like, I've never heard that before. That's a huge compliment. I've never thought of that, but like, that's very high praise. And thank you for it. And so, yeah, I, I just, I genuinely enjoy that word. And so when I heard this record, this is Timeless by Benny the Butcher featuring Big Sean and Lil Wayne produced by Hitboy. Uh, and, and it leaked before it officially came out, but I was like, okay, like this is this is dope. And I love the, the, the direction that it takes timelessness. You know, it's not, yeah, I know I'm, I'm a certified lover boy, so I'm always coming with some love type <laughs> discussion. But, you know, I, I do love the rap side and I do love people asserting and claiming what they believe that they are. And I do right, think right. that, you know, Benny the Butcher, who's really popular now, I think he's I think he's someone that we're going to talk about for generations for restoring a certain feeling in rap. Yeah. Big Sean, Very. you know, how, however you feel about him. <laughs> uh, Lil Wayne is also timeless. Like he's going to be someone that's talked Very. about in rap forever. 
So bringing those three together to discuss that concept in their own individual ways is, was pretty, pretty dope. And, you know, Benny's very vocal about his background. You know, we can get into verse one. I do this for suffering children and checks for government buildings. A dope boy who made a check from other than dealing. What a good feeling when they know you won in a million. That like that, that the concept of being one, one in a million speaks to timelessness, speaks to being immaculate, speaks to being seen as perfect. Uh, the feds buried half my niggas under the building. Don't judge my life now, nigga, because I've been mad stressed. On tour with the locks and had a project address. I, I, I love because that, again, shows the duality of life. And I, I say that word a lot. But like, you know, a lot of people think when a rapper makes it or they're known, they automatically got money. Now, nah, you could be on tour with a big act and come home to a, a rinky dink apartment. But, you know, Benny has obviously worked worked his way out of that. Before this rap shit, all my direct assets came from high risk hazard, you know, Pyrex glasses. Um, I got, uh, he goes on, a long way to the Prezi from the Timex Classic. I got li- lines from a year ago that Josh was catching. Again, speaks to timelessness because he like you because you know as as music critics, cultural commentators, like as as Nick said, you know, learning about the different aspects of music, soul child love, it took on a whole new life for him. And even some Drake bars from like 2010 that I hear, I hear them now. I'm like, oh, like he was saying this, and it's like these meanings, the, the significance, how it makes you feel, can make something timeless that you might not have even seen that way. Um, he goes on, I thought small, then I grew, got to find out it was true. Money changed the people around quicker than it changed you. You know what Big said, I'm good as long as the kids fed. I niggas throw dirt on your name and then beg. Now nah, we don't feel sorry for niggas get bread because before them California Kings, we slept in a twin bed. Mm. So he's being very just vocal about his journey, documenting his journey, his humble beginnings to where he is now as, as someone who many deem one of the best lyricist rappers of today sure. um and then he gets into his chorus uh we can actually play it before before i really break down the chorus okay ah I do this for suffering children and checks from government buildings. A dope boy who made a check from other than dealing. What a good feeling when they know you one in a million. The feds bury half of my under the building. Don't judge my life now because I've been mad stressed. On tour with the locks and had a project address. Before this rap, all my direct assets came from high risk hazards. You know, Pyrex glasses. A long way to the Prezi from the Timex Classic. I got lines from a year ago that y'all just catching. I thought small, then I grew. Got to find out it was true. Money changed the people around quicker than it changed you. You know what Big said? I'm good long as the kids fed. How stole dirt on your name and then beg. No, we don't feel sorry for get bread. Cause for them California kings, we slept in a twin bed. Us a king to a god. I'm gonna live forever. Feet on the ground, a hundred in the ceiling. I'm the last of this breed. You won't last in these streets long if you only hustle drug dealer. What's a king to a god? I'm gonna live forever. I'm gonna live forever. This for rich. You get a rolly too. Cause if I'm up. We gon' shine together. I do this for my young. More precious than the moon is to the sun. I got more weapons than I'll ever need. I shoot you with each one. Talking now to Medellin. My fit out the magazine. You drowning in the fire while I'm snorkeling in the gasoline. Steady diet of heavy drugs. Roller push you like Pirelli tires on Chevy trucks. But still a good year. They got every eye on each one of us. Good look here. I come catch you on career day. And in your career, I got pistols. I just clean. I've been trying to get dirty with you. I got on my team, they ain't trying to swap jerseys with you. I pop in that dirt. <sighs> mm, 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 mm. 
So I, I love, I love, I love the chorus. What, what he first says, "What's a king to a god?" Lowercase g, you know, right? We we don't play around with that. Calling yourself a god, capital G stuff. We we don't do that. So what's a king to a god, nigga? I'm gonna live forever, living forever, timeless. Feet on the ground, a hundred in the ceiling. I'm the last of this breed. You won't last in these streets long if you only hustle drug dealing. Now he's someone who's been very vocal and open about, you know, coming up. He, he was a drug dealer, but he realized what he had to do to click into another level. And so he, he still has those, has that background. He still has the people he came up with, but his rap career is clearly taken off. And he's really put a lot of focus into that and building that on a global level. And he's, he's recognized timelessness. You know, the, the streets are, are cold. Again, I'm, I'm not a street guy. I, I ain't been all, and so I don't know. But from what I hear and from what I see, it's very tough. And there's a lot of people who haven't lasted that we that we really love. Yeah. But he's kind of recognized he had to take it into a different direction. And that's contributed to him feeling as though he is and he is going to be timeless. Um, and he even does sneak in a line about, you know, women and, you know, um, this this for hoses, rich news, you can get a rolly too because of much, because if I'm up, we're going to shine together. And again, you know, like timeless relationship, timeless, whatever, like the people who are there for you, supporting you, you're going to put on for them and y'all going to, they're going to shine together for as long as you need. Lil Wayne's verse, I, I, I spoke very highly of it, I believe, in, in a past episode. But um, w- w- when you think of timelessness in, in rap, Hove comes up, Big comes up, Pac, Nas. And I think Wayne is right, right there. He might not be, people might not put him on that level, but you you really can't speak That's about hip-hop. because people listened if they don't. Right, right. Like, you can't speak about hip-hop and look at this new generation of artists and not think of Lil Wayne. So... Wayne really didn't, Wayne could have said one line on this and it'd be like, oh yeah, you're good. But like he, he, he gave a good verse and a lot of people have been doubting Wayne's rapping ability in, in this latter part of his career. But then like 2020 was a big year for Wayne. Like Lil Wayne's rap features in 2020 were all incredible. And so I think it was so clever of Benny to have Wayne on a track like this and really show, nah, Wayne, Wayne could still do this at a very high level. Wayne's verse is the best on, on, on the record in, in my mind. And so Wayne starts out, I do this for my young, more precious than the moon is to the sun. I got more weapons than I'll ever need. I'll shoot you with each one. Talking cocaine out the medaline, my whole straight out the magazine. You drowning in the fire while I'm snorkeling, snorkeling in the gasoline. Now that that line deep because like a lot of people get hot and they get caught up in how, in how hot they are and then they burn out. They don't last. Wayne has been a mainstay in in hip hop for as long as he's been around. Timeless in twenty years. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because his very next line, he talks about a steady diet of heavy drugs, roll up cushier. And it's like, yeah, Wayne has, has his drug history. There were a couple of times we almost lost him, but he's still around. He's still someone that people want to hear from. He's still someone that everyone respects. He goes on. They got every eye on each one of us. Well, nigga, look here. I'll come catch your ass on career day and end your career. So it's like, yo, you, you, you could be somewhere talking about how great you are, blah, blah, blah. But I'm still Lil Wayne. Like, yeah, yeah, my sons. Period. I'll, I'll catch you <laughs> on career day and end your career. I'll wash you on your own record and make people forget about you. Uh, he goes on, I pop in that 30, hit you them shots from the 30 whistle, watching movies with a bitch that wouldn't watch a commercial with you. I'm higher than everyone, but mm-hmm. almighty. I treat the white girl like a wifey, treat her like Aphrodite. Let a goddess satisfy me while I'm rolling the tidy. I chop the hands off the clock. That means I'm timeless. Don't time me. I'm forever. I'm running that song after we're done. <laughs> Certain records speak for themselves. Like, that's just, that's really what it is. You know, Big Sean's verse, I didn't really love that much. Like, he, he, he does get into some, he does get into the concept of timelessness as well. You know, I do this for the ones that's barely surviving, watching me, living through me, so I got to stay thriving. This shit a privilege, not promise. Dead honest, because I can't let shit live on my conscience. 
Um, I, I love that, you know, because it's not a privilege. Like the Big Sean has recognized that he, he was hot early on and people were a bit doubtful of him, but he stuck around. There's people who still want to hear from him. People putting him on top rap lists, um, nominated for these awards, blah, blah, blah. So he's found a way to be timeless, even if people may not want to give him that label. Um, going on lately in my life, been a lot of losses and less laughter to paint the picture. I can't look the same in my before and afters. Honestly, I'm probably going to be booked till I'm on the next chapter. Signed a slave deal. Now a nigga up owning my master. Watch me turn good into great. And it's specifically spelled out G dot O dot O dot D because good, good music. You know, there's some master situations going on that, you know, Kanye and them, them got to figure that out. That's whatever. But I, I really love the. I can't look the same in my before and afters. He's recognized that he, he, he's had to shift. As, as a man, you grow, you change. And in being timeless, you have to adapt. You can't be the same person. You can't do the same things when the world is changing. Like certain rap artists have seen that they can't put out music the same way, operate within the same way, because you got to appeal to the streamers. You got to appeal to the young audience, or if, if, if you care to right. do it, if you, if you want to be on that level. Uh, honestly, I'm probably going to be booked till I'm on the next chapter. I look like, but for, for every corny big sean line he'll, he'll give you something that's like ah see this, see, this is okay so i want to ask you that's why i'm like i'm listening to this and i know you we've we talked about like detroit and whatnot and we'll just keep this brief uh but what's your like i guess your beef with, with sean like because this sounds i don't have a beef with him no I, I don't have a beef with him at all i think when i say I, i'm not big on this verse comparatively to benny and wayne's it's still a, a bit uh, like that verse uh, might be better than benny's to me just as you're yeah. reading it I mean, hey, man, you know, like, I, I, I hey, know. I'm, 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 I'm not gonna argue with you. Like, there, there there's a lot of gems in here for sure. Um, I, I don't have a beef with him. I, I, th- I've, 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 I've lost a little faith in Sean for sure. And okay. so, like, seeing his name on records, I, I go into it a bit apprehensively. Like, I, I don't hate this verse, but it's like, eh, Benny started strong. Wayne came in batting second, just hit a home run. Like, you don't expect. The, the second batter to hit a home run. You expect them to get on base and advance the first runner. Wayne came up, hit a home run. Big Sean comes up, it's like, all right, what you gonna do? This, 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 this nobody, there's nobody on base now. Like, are, are you gonna get on? What, what you gonna do? But no, like there, there are, there are a lot of gems in here. Um, when you don't have a silver spoon, you gotta eat with your hands. God walking with me when I'm alone. Two sets of feet in the sand. Realize you only as complete as your plan might bleed from the hands. God body. Why would I ever compare me to a man? Mm. and you know that the whole concept of timelessness perfection being immaculate um there's a lot of people who label themselves deities as we've said you know because when when you last beyond your time like 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 you know biggie is someone someone referred to as a rap god because his impact in his short career and the fact that we still talk about him almost every single day when talking about rap like he's he's big was timeless and that's that's really what it is. Like, if you really want to be, you know, that that type of artist, then you can't be comparing yourself to, to everybody else. You got to do what you do to to maintain that that impact, that feeling for everyone, and just continue on. And you know, I, I even if I may not feel that way about Big Sean, I, I love that he feels that way about himself. And and he said that because you know I, I don't like seeing people doubt themselves. And you know, Big Sean can vocal about his mental health stuff and all that. So, you know, not, yeah. now that I read this and get a little more into it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty, pretty good verse. Hey, you better give prop words. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I just, I, I love this record. If you haven't heard it, make sure you run the whole thing. Um, and 
yeah, timelessness, perfection, being immaculate. I think they just all really go hand in hand together. And there's so many other synonyms I'm sure that you could come up with, but I just like this spin on on being immaculate because they, they don't they they don't ever label themselves perfect here. Like they're they're talking about their humble beginning, similar to how Cardi did in in, in a Get Up Ten in part one that I talked about. You know, she wraps up being a stripper and now she's where she is, but she's still thinking about everything she went through and the doubters and all that. And Wayne, Benny, and Big Sean were all pretty vocal about that as well. But through it all. They believe that they are timeless, and for what it's worth, they may be. So, that's that, that's that, that's my record, um, and that is going to close off part three of quotes from the quill. Uh, we have had a lot of fun with this series. So we want to thank y'all for tuning in. Uh, it's something that we definitely will be bringing back. So, if y'all want to suggest any words to us, y'all know how to hit us. Either you got my number, you can DM me, DM Stay Busy Pod, hit up Nick, tweet us like on, on the timeline. That's cool too. Like we, we we're not afraid. We, we're ready to tackle this and show y'all that our quills work in the same way that these artists' quills right. work. Uh, that said, let us get into this bulletin board. I don't know of much going on coming up. Um, it's a pancetta outside. It's, it is still a pan pizza. Um, but, you know, I will say it's funny. I remember when we talked about Jasmine Sullivan a couple weeks ago, I was like, yo, what's January going to be? Like, she really set the tone. And it's been a pretty quiet January. Like, I didn't get to any new music this past weekend. Um, I, I, I will at some point, you know, I was working, but uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what the rest of January is shaping up to be. Um, I'm Speaking of Jasmine, to... she got the Super Bowl, the national anthem for the Super Bowl. She is performing at the Super Bowl. Shout out to Jasmine Sullivan for landing that. That's major. Um, I, I definitely didn't expect it. Um, so shout, shout out to the NFL for recognizing that she's the type of person who, who should be on that type of platform because she's going to kill it. Yeah. So That's with right. that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another edition of Stay Busy with Armand Sather. It's the boy, Armand Sather. That's my co-host, co-producer, co-everything, the GOAT Nick Early. Kieran in the background. Can't hear him, can't see him, but you feel him. And what you need to do, you know what you need to do. Stay safe, stay humble, stay busy. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy. Taking time, getting right if you miss me. Yeah.